Hey, Peter. Hey, what's up? It feels like a special day. It is a special day. I know. Well, why? <laughs> well, I'll tell you. Okay, please. Not now. Okay. I'm Adam Annis. And I'm Peter Martin. And you're listening to the You'll Hear Podcast. Jazz. Explain. Explain, Peter, because it's, uh, I'll, I'll exp- let me explain, buddy. Explain it. Explain I'm, it, I'm please. Explain. <laughs> it's a very special day because we are, as a podcast, back on YouTube. I'm looking at you, YouTube. What's up, YouTube? Uh, and so we've had this podcast for several years. This is episode 900 something. Yes. We got to really find that number because we, we're we got, it's we about to go to 1,000. We got to celebrate big it's time. It's coming soon. Uh, but we started our very own You'll Hear It YouTube channel. Now, yes. I don't know if you remember, but back in the musty podcave days, <laughs> yes. we were literally putting every podcast episode on YouTube. Yes. Very exciting times. And I referenced some of those in one of my YouTube videos from a couple of weeks ago, and I got some comments like, hey, whatever happened to your podcast? Right. And I was like, buddies, podcast okay. is going. Right. Podcast is happening. It's been it's been happening. Some it's, people are audio podcast adverse yeah and others are youtube adverse so we got you covered either way right so now every episode is going to be up on youtube and we're going to put a little bit of some bonus content i think so (laughs) i think we're going to go every episode but we're also peter we're going to have you'll hear it lives where we'll be live on youtube that's right most mondays when you're in town we're going to be live on youtube taking questions talking about specific topics so join us 4 p.m Normally at 4 p.m. Eastern on 4 Mondays. 4 p.m. Eastern on Mondays. According to the Greco-Roman calendar. That's right. <laughs> Very specific. Uh, and then we are going to be uh, live on Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, and that's going to be listening session. That's going to be ephemeral. You have to be there live. It's right. not going to stick around. We're not going to post it. And like today, we just uh, had a great listening session where we listened to Ahmad Jamal's Live at the Pershing yep. uh, album. And uh, next week, we're going to listen to Waltz for Debbie by Bill Evans. So join us there 3 p.m. on Tuesday. Man, we're doing so much. And then we're going to put all of these up. So mm-hmm. if you're listening to this on your, your regular podcast, we're not going to change anything here. We're always going to be on the podcast. It's always going to... Would that be something in my you course? Know, of course it will yeah. be. By the way, got a new one today. Martin Landau, by the way. That's Martin who Landau. that is. Icon. Martin Icon. Landau. I got a new... I got a little new thing here. Let me hear, here. Let me hear Check it. Check it out. I choose Defiant Jazz. I know, right? Severance. Good choice. Severance. That's the. Oh, is that the? That's okay. a brilliant show. Yeah, I haven't yeah. seen it yet. I've heard good things. Is it a jazz uh, show? There's some. There is jazz. Okay. And there's some defiant jazz, and it kind of flips the script on the on okay. the show completely. So yeah, we'll have I to know. do another episode. I know we did some funny ones like jazz moments on the office and stuff, but there's we should yeah. do like shows, recent shows, yeah, or movies that feature jazz. There's a ton in a slick way for sure. Homeland has some great jazz references and great jazz music in it. Although I believe it's off the now but yeah absolutely i think she prefers coltrane and he prefers monk right that's right. their whole it's thing very, like yeah but they, but they and she taught I mean, she listened to some specific records and they mentioned them it's always the right one yeah. somebody on that show is making sure this stuff is accurate there's some stuff up. there's a hilarious sketch comedy show called i think you should leave and obviously either tim robinson or someone on that writing staff is uh, knows jazz because yep. there's like you know, Herbie Hancock, not the real Herbie Hancock, but like there's yeah. a tribute to Herbie Hancock yeah, on yeah, it. Yeah, and yeah. there's some, there's kind of some specific references where like someone's a jazz musician there. Like That's great. Know. Great. Anyway. Stuff. Yeah, let's do it. So today we have a speak pipe. So if you yep. would like to leave us a voicemail, if you have a question for us uh, on YouTube, you can check the description here. Uh, you can always just go to you'll hear it.com. You'll hear it.com. You'll hear it. 
com. I'm like the guy that was with Johnny Carson, Ed McMahon. You're like the Ed McMahon. Oh no, I, now you're I, Ed do McMahon. Do I get to be Johnny? <laughs> right. Well, <laughs> you just re- you you automatically right. like reverted back. But we, we well, can... I'm the kind of the bigger one, <laughs> with the, right. um, flushed in the face, you know that kind of thing. Right. Irish, that whole McMahon, <laughs> ruddy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Anyway. Um, no, you can go to youlhear.com. You can leave us a question yeah. uh, just like Terry did. And Terry's question was so good that we are going to make this entire episode about it. Yes. Let's check it out. Hey, Adam, Peter. This is Terry Parham. How are you? I'm a Open Studio member, and I was listening to your recent uh, podcast dealing with solos and spicing them up. Um, one comment that I think it was Adam made that sometimes uh, solos can be considered boring or not special. Or and I was wondering what determines whether a solo is great or is special. And just a question: When a professional does a solo, if that solo is not great or special, is there anything a beginner or a mid-level pianist like I am? Uh, can learn from that other than just saying that it's not special or that it's boring. I'm just wondering hmm. how we look at, you know, someone's solo and wondering uh, what we can actually get out of it, whether it's great or not so great. Mm. Anyway, hope you guys are doing well. Thank you. That's a great question, Terry. And I just want to preface this by by saying a couple things that we can kind of frame this around from the start. Yes. And that is, number one, nobody is special all the time. Maybe Charlie Parker. <laughs> was, but Clifford Brown. Clifford Brown. Brown. Everyone else <laughs> has moments. Yep. And uh, some have better moments than others and but that that doesn't it's not like you're you know you're always special then nothing if everything's special nothing special that's right kind of thing right that's right um and then secondly uh we don't really want to get in the habit too much also of like judging harshly what we're doing when we're doing it you yeah know, part of the reason why i think some solos can can reach this height of being special or being extraordinary uh, is because there's a lot of non-judgment happening as the improviser is improvising, right? So yeah. I don't want you to be in your head, Terry, about like, this has to be good. I also don't want you to try to impress. Like, that doesn't make a great solo either. So let's not think about like, I need every solo to be special and impressive. Yeah. That's going to just lead to really uh, mediocre stuff, Yeah, you know, where you're in your head. But you should dress to, to dress for success before do, you baby. get up on the bandstand. I always stand. do, baby. <laughs> um. No, that's great. I mean, I think, um, you know, there's always the perception versus the reality, both for the soloist, for the improviser, and for the listener. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think we should think about, I'm not sure, uh, you know, special or great versus boring. I don't think that's the right way to look at I it. I agree. You know what I mean? If you're Depending on your skill level, and there's certainly a gradient here, I think if you're telling your story and you feel good about it, and it's an edifying experience for you, that is special already. Yeah. You know, we're not going to all, well, as you say, nobody's going to go to the mountaintop every time, No, nor should everybody go to the mountaintop. The altitude's high up there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And so you have to uh, not reserve those special times, but cherish those and know that the reason that the altitude's high up there is it's a special place up there. And so, but I think in terms of having great souls, you can... Play a concert or, or attend a concert, you know, listener ver, you know, ver, versus performing, participate in a performance that has a number of special and great moments, but not the mountain type types of things. That might, because 
you want that to be part of the form. But I don't think we think about, because you don't get there, that they're not great still. It's yeah. just a different kind of greatness. And I think it's like, if you're participating in something, it's such a special thing to be part of that. So it doesn't matter if you're beginner, intermediate, advanced, or anything in between. If you can tell your story through your instrument, that's a great and special thing. That's There's right. going to be your mountaintop's going to be different than Herbie Hancock's. That's no right. problem. Just you like know what I mean? when I play basketball, my specialness is a lot different than LeBron James. But sometimes I have a special day. <laughs> is it? But for but him, you both have a basketball in your hands, right? And but for on him, a it would be court. a horrible day. But for me, it's a great day. Right. You know what I mean? So. Right, but I mean, I think that you're, you you can still feel like, depending on your skill level as a basketball player or a jazz improviser, you know, how do we get into a zone where we can best tell our story and to have that spe- special connection with the music without comparing ourselves to LeBron James or Charlie Parker? Yeah. We don't ever have to do that. Uh, yeah. You know, then you can have these special moments all the time. So, yeah, so maybe the amateur versus professional thing, it's less like, okay, is anyone going to come in and spend money to watch me play basketball? Probably not, but that's okay. That's not why I'm doing it, that's you right. know? And really, that's not why I'm playing music ultimately anyway. anyway. If we get lucky and we have some sort of combination of like um, skill and, and practice and dedication, and then we're around people that help us get to the mountaintop every now and then, and we can make a living at it or get paid for it, that's all the better. Yeah. But I never take that for granted. That's happened to me some, and but I mean... Who knows if that'll keep happening? Yeah. You know, but my connection with the music and wanting to have special moments of telling my story and contribute to other people's special moments, that never changes. And that I know I can always have. That's right. Um, so let's let's kind of drill down on what, you know, what makes a solo specifically, what would make it quote unquote special, even amongst, you know, great players who have, who, like you said, their level is raised for like, so they're sort of medium, mediocre solo for them yeah. is an awesome solo right. for, for most people, right? Right. But for them, what would take what, it to What that? puts them to the mountaintop? For me, when I listen to my favorite players yeah. and I consider like, oh, this is one of my favorite Coltrane solos or this is one of my favorite Amon Jamal solos, I think part of the mix there is I have an expectation and that expectation is defied a little bit in a delightful way. So like... Um, the, like. And it's not even because I have an expectation because I know that player. They're setting my expectation up. And then something a little bit novel happens at some point Mm. that I wouldn't, that I'm not hearing. Something that sort of, and I think this works really well in live performance as well because you can really be in the spirit of the moment Mm. and you're in the room and you can feel the vibe in the room and you can hear, you know, and see what's happening. For me, live performance is where this can really pop off as far as like, I have an expectation of what's going to happen and they pull the rug out from under me or they go just beyond or they go way under what they are kind of alluding that is going to happen. And it just pulls me in a way, you know, that I'm not ready for. And that's thrilling, especially if it's a confident player that I I mean, they're all the masters are confident, but like where you feel like skillful, confident and skillful, where you feel like I'm in good hands here. Right. You know, so I think what you're describing is really what makes it that mountaintop. What makes it special is the drama. You know, totally something unexpected, something exaggerated, something not exaggerated, something weaving the story in a way that's unexpected. So if you think about like, you know, John Coltrane or Brad Meldow or Oscar Peterson, I'm just naming people now, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> um, Rosam Ro- Roland Kirk, looking at the record over there. Danielle Steele, Danielle looking at the novel over there. <laughs> <laughs> that's a novel item right there. Um, but if you think about like... What is not unexpected from these virtuosos or dramatic is that they're going to play 
really cool stuff like harmonically or technically right. or melodically or whatever. So that's not enough for them. But a lot no. of times we think like, oh, that's what separates them from us. No, from it's us. not. But that's the part that in theory anybody can learn that's up easiest, to a point. That's push-ups. That's, that's really right, putting in the right. reps. That's now, when in. you talk about Oscar Peterson's piano technique, just on a technical level, can anyone do that? Very no, few of course. I mean, can. of course, there are yeah. like the, the absolute masters. But I'm talking about like if you, you want to talk about like top-tier professionals. Right, right, right. There's a whole, there's thousands of them. Exactly. And they're making a good living making music and they're really making good art but i think a lot right? of times people think that what separates that top sort of mountaintop level is like oscar Peterson is just a little better than even the greatest pianist technically and i'm like that's not what actually makes it special that's not what they, what, what you were talking about with the, with the drama of the soul is like how he puts that together the interaction i mean oscar peterson the interaction with the trio that's when they're all finely tuned and you can hear everything and they're interacting in a way but but not expected in every way. That's the other thing, and this is my number two point for what makes it special, is it's, it's basically awareness. It's mindfulness. It's being in the moment. How mm. present are they in the moment? When we saw Benny Green and Chris McBride and Gregory Hutchinson, mm. I don't know if there's a better listener on a stage than Gregory Hutchinson, except right. for maybe Chris McBride and Benny Green. Right. Like The three of them are the best three listeners I've ever seen play together. And a lot of people might say, oh, well, that's easy. They're just, they're all listening to each other Try and they're it. all super give it a, skillful. Give it a go. But it's actually hard because when everyone's listening and it's so skillful, you can have like a cacophony yeah. of sound and things. So you have to be able to hold back. You have to be able to push. You have to be able to, and that becomes a part of the dramatic flair yeah. of the whole storytelling thing, you know, within solos and within entire tunes within the set. Each one of their solos, they had a moment on in that night that I saw them that each one had a special solo. Like, Right, my top ten favorite drum solos yeah, is yeah. in that night. My top ten favorite piano solos was from that night. Right, and it's because of like you said the interaction. I also consider that to just be again awareness or mindfulness or, or being present in the moment. However you want to define it. Yeah, but you are not in your head. You are not. You know, you're not. You don't have a plan. It's, you know, as far as like I'm going to do this and then I'm going to burn yeah, here yeah. or whatever. You are literally with whatever is happening in the in moment to moment basis, and it's so beautiful when it's done at that level. Well, and I mean, and the thing about that too is I was at that gig uh, with you that night, and it's I mean I played with Greg so much and with McBride, and I've heard Benny Green listen to him so much. It's almost yeah. Was, is there something you wanted to push there? Oh no, because you get a little pithy response there. Okay, sorry. Um, it's so like <laughs> it's so I choose defiant jazz. Defiant jazz. <laughs> I thought you said defiant jazz. I've defiant. Defiant jazz. Um but it's very hard like I'm not gonna be surprised or dazzled necessarily by something that Greg Hutchinson can play because I've heard him play incredible things before. Yeah. So you talk about being in the moment and listening and interacting and then to be able to spin something new every time. Yeah. That's really what that high level is. And that's why we say like, well, the special is not that he can do a perfect press roll, that he can swing right when he comes up. Of course he can. Yeah. And I've heard him do that many times. It's still fun to hear that. But that in itself is not, that might be special for somebody else that you've never heard do that or has just achieved that. But that next level of the dramatic thing is amazing. So one more thing that I want to add to this, Terry, just to kind of put a button on it, put a bow on it, and then we'll uh, we'll wrap this up here, Peter. Yes, is Terry asked like what can <clears throat> what can a beginner or an intermediate player learn from watching a great player not have a special solo or have a special solo? And I think the not have is actually more can be more informative. Yeah, because I think of great moments that I've witnessed live or even in recordings where. A, a great musician will be going for something and not quite get it, you yeah. know, and oh, I love they that. make a mistake, right? Yeah. Because 
what we're doing is not perfect ever. And honestly, watching people trying to be perfect is super boring. Right. Like no one wants to see you try to play perfectly. Right. We want to see who you are. Because that's going to go against the the dramatic flair, right? Oh, totally. It's going to feel thought out and prescribed. And then also you're not going to be in the moment because you're trying to plan out some perfection, right? Right. But when a player, when you watch a great player make a mistake, you can learn more from that because I've seen great players. I've seen you, you not that you'd ever make a mistake, Peter, but I've seen you make a mistake <laughs> oh and God, then like I'm, smile. I at, my mistakes. Yeah. I, when we did the solo, the two piano show, yeah. you, like smile and then move on. And some of the best moments and also the audience is with you. I've seen, I'll never forget watching Sean Jones and a whole solo, mm-hmm. really like going for stuff and he wasn't quite getting there. Right. And then he's like, but he's bringing the audience with him as he's like working through this thing. And then by the end of the solo, this most beautiful language starts pouring out because he'd kind of earned it. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And, and like brought the, the audience along the for the that place ride. was standing up after the solo exactly. it was one of the greatest moments I've oh, ever so seen. Great. You know, so, great. so like those can be amazing, Terry. So watching the greats fail and realizing like, okay, I'm putting way too much of my ego into this. I'm too worried about what other people are thinking. The greats are making mistakes, not worried about what other people are thinking. They know they're secure with what they have and they just let it flow. They let it go. Yeah. It'd be amazing. Yeah, and I would just say, I mean, we could we could actually just both give an example if we want. I'll, I'll throw out for, for what is a special solo, what is a mountaintop, what is a solo with mistakes, what is a solo with a certain amount of reckless abandon that's just so edifying and charming and just exciting and so for me miles davis on um my funny valentine live yeah. in lincoln center for stella by starlight talk about trying to find it yeah and finding it and finding it yeah. and, and you know and some of those moments and like you know a very a very um opaque performance you know a very like really putting himself yeah. out there as an artist as a musician you know and then Wrapped up in that is all the beauty of his tone of you know tone and intonation yeah. and then interesting rhythms. Of course, the skill stuff that's just the base level that doesn't get you to great. Like all the stuff, and yeah. so I think. But what we can all learn instead of being discouraged and be like, "Well, I can never be great," like Miles Davis or or Roland Kirk or whatever. I think what we can do is to say we can also approach our every solo with the intentionality and the framework of like. Whatever it is I have technically, whatever it is I have with the instrument, the other musicians, all the things that are kind of given to me or the place that I'm in, that's fine. But it's time now to make something special from wherever I'm at. If, if I only know how to play one note on my instrument, yeah. well, that's what I got to go with. I'm not waiting until I hit a certain point to make a special solo. That's absolutely right. You have what you need right now to make a special solo. So go out and have fun, be in the moment, and do it. Man, Love thank it. you, Terry. This was a great question. Super that's fun. Right. I could talk about this kind of stuff all day, but I won't uh, because <laughs> we have a little business. Uh, if you haven't yet, go subscribe to our you our You'll Hear at YouTube. If you're watching this on YouTube. I like your accusatory pointing toy. I'm going to do that too. Go God. subscribe. Subscribe now. now. No, subscribe down there. Put the bell on because we're going live on this channel a lot. Uh, If you want to leave us a question like Terry, go to youllhearit.com and hit the leave us a message button. And And look, we're getting a lot of questions. We get a lot of questions. So we we do pre-screen them and stuff, but we're a little behind on that. Do not take offense in advance. We will get to you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Thanks, Peter. Yeah, thank you. Till next time. You'll hear it.